0: I'm Ben Silverio.
1: And I'm Nicole Keating. And I'm
0: Ansel Burch. And it's time, time, time to
1: party!
2: Today's episode on the quack, map of tiny quack, perfect things was recorded on the 2nd quack, of quack, May, 2023. Quack, quack, we are not doctors. We don't give medical advice. Please drink responsibly. God
1: damn it. I love the Mighty Ducks. (laughs) I don't even like hockey that much. I just love the Mighty Ducks. Okay,
2: so that's the Nicole and Ben uh, April Fool's episode. Ducks fly together! We need need to find all of the plot inconsistencies
0: and chalk them up to time travel. Ducks fly
1: together.
0: Dicks tie together. Dicks tie together!
1: (laughs) Through rain, through shine, through snow, through sleet, dicks tied together.
0: <laughs> oh, oh man. Party people, welcome back. <laughs> I'm doing so bad at raining you both in. I'm so sorry. Party people, welcome back to Time to Party where Ansel is constantly annoyed at us. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> Uh, if he
1: was annoyed, he'd be doing a better job of rating it. Yeah,
0: probably. that's the problem. That's You're a, too charming. That's a good point.
1: <laughs> like this movie. Yeah. <gasps> charming like this movie.
2: <sighs> but not sad. Aw.
1: No, no, I'm very happy.
2: Yeah. I mean, I was a little sad earlier.
1: Still a little I know. sad, but <laughs> You should be. You can be sad. Being sad yeah. is okay. I'd love to cry, so this movie was great. It
0: comes for you in cycles. It does. <laughs> But yes, hopefully you checked out our first episode a couple weeks ago, where we gave you some rules uh, for drinking and smoking while watching this awesome movie on Prime Video that called you are totally
1: "The Map." Say correctly. I
0: totally am called "The Map of Tiny Perfect Things." Uh, That's the take
2: I'm going to use for all the other times you fucked it up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: kidding. It happened kidding. a lot. I'm the kidding.
1: small tiny map. Of the
0: wee baby Steven.
1: <laughs> the wee baby Matt. Christ. <laughs> Fun
0: fact, it's June 19th.
1: Happy Juneteenth, nice. everybody. Happy yeah.
0: Juneteenth. Celebrate it. Do it. Learn about it. Google it. Do yeah. it better
1: than like the U.S. government or literally anybody that's probably currently <sighs> trying to sell you Juneteenth-themed yeah, products. It, it, yeah.
2: <laughs> turn, turn, turn away from the Juneteenth products.
1: <laughs> the Juneteenth products. Always comedy Unless- gold. But Jesus. also always racist. Oh my god! Uh, so I will I will let Black Twitter be entertaining me today. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> uh huh. I hope you deliver. That's a promise.
0: Go support your favorite uh, Black actors, mm-hmm. performers, all of them. Uh, we know a ton That are great. That's true, and they should all be supported.
1: And I'm really disappointed if they don't call themselves Blackers.
0: <laughs> I was. I will be honest. A uh,
2: uh, fun fun anecdote. Last year, I was so pleased that I could not for the life of me, managed to order from a black-owned business on Juneteenth. Oh, good.
0: Because they, so they were
2: so snowed with orders. Like yeah. yeah, yeah. I tried to...
1: Speaking of white guilt, I know, right? Like, Take my money. It was
2: it was one of those things where somebody went around and somebody was like, yeah, make sure you buy your lunch from a black-owned business. And I was like, that's a great idea. Could not Couldn't do for it. the life of me. And uh good for them.
1: Good for her. Good good I ended for her. up eating
2: a sandwich that I made myself.
1: Good for her. <laughs> good for her. Yeah. Good for miss juneteenth which is a real thing actually really yeah. miss juneteenth i believe so um there was Ooh. actually a movie about it and the mom that i would actually like to see but i have not seen it yet because i'm sure it'll be dramatic because it's about a mother-daughter relationship sure. mm. um and it stars nicole something from she was the lead the the female lead on the sleepy hollow tv show that they did um. Oh God, that Nicole show Bihari, was good, Nicole Bahari. Mm. Um, and she's the mom, and like she was Miss Juneteenth when she was young, and huh. now her daughter is running for Miss Juneteenth, and it's like she's bringing up all these feelings. So I know it's gonna be dramatic about a mother and That's daughter cool. relationship. That um,
2: that show was better than it needed to be. I'll Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh so yeah, speaking of people, I find hot Nicole Bahari.
2: Oh, for sure. Ben, what did you what did you end up picking? All
0: right, well, what I ended up going with uh, was the Rubik's cube. Oh!
2: oh Mr. Rubik's, Rubik's cube. cube.
0: Yeah, because uh, in the movie, Mark uh, keeps trying to solve this Rubik's cube uh, throughout the various days mm-hmm. that he's there, and finally, when he brings Margaret back to his room, she solves it in a few minutes, and he's just like, "What the fuck." So that... once you know, it's not it's not hard. Yeah,
1: if... I, I knew she was gonna do that. Yeah. Also, I set my chess app on master. How'd that go for you?
0: Nice. <laughs> She's too smart. She is way too smart. Um. So about Rubik's cubes. Uh. Fun fact. Uh. The Rubik's cube was not invented by Erno Rubik. Really? It was first uh patented by larry d nichols in march 1970
2: nichols cube just
0: didn't have the same ring apparently
1: it it doesn't actually nichols cube no not
2: as cool
0: and it wasn't a three by three by three it was a two by two by two that sounds terrible right yeah i I mean what
1: also i hate puzzles so so i reject rubik's cube so i'm really learning for the first time that they're three by three
0: <laughs> i mean the basic one is three by three they mm-hmm. have other ones too
2: yeah you can go four by four all the way up to like eight five, yeah, think, or eight or, or 12, 12. twelve. or something
0: yeah um but you know Nichols was canadian so oh, oh <laughs> so he was just being nice sure and his was held together by magnets
2: oh that's actually kind of that's probably probably way easier. That's probably what is it way now? easier to it just to make?
0: like it was this like a whole twist? Uh, it's a whole mechanism that Rubik really uh, improved on.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. Every time I try to think about what the inside of a Rubik's cube looks like, my brain breaks a little bit because like <laughs> it's got to slide four different ways, that's
1: and very still, true. I like, literally never thought every about individual this piece I has to toys.
0: like. How do they do that? Yep. And Erno Rubik was the one who figured out how to do it. Uh, So originally, he worked at the Department of Interior Design at the Academy of Applied Arts and Crafts in Budapest.
1: I was just about to ask, what kind of name is Erno Rubik?
0: Yep, he... uh, Hungarian.
1: Yes, Hungarian,
0: yes. Yes. Uh, And even though originally it was reported that the Rubik's Cube was a tool to help students understand 3D objects. Uh, Its actual purpose was solving the structural problems of the moving parts independently without the entire mechanism falling apart.
2: Yeah. That was the whole deal.
0: And he didn't even think of it as a puzzle. He was just thinking thinking of it as like an exercise to solve this problem. Just an engineering challenge. Yes, exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It wasn't until later... um, when toy companies were just like, hey, that's a thing. That's, yeah. that's cool. a game. That's, that's we, uh, can we get in on some of that? Let's... Essentially, uh, and back then, that's when it was known as the Magic Cube. Um, they were first introduced in 1977, released in Budapest. Um, and the interlocking pieces uh, made it so that you couldn't pull them apart. Right, like Nichols' design. So Nichols was just like falling apart all the time. Yeah. Because
1: it was
2: just four... or
1: How many magnets? Eight. It'd be eight cubes. Yes.
2: Just held together with magnets. Uh,
0: The toy company that actually uh, made the Rubik's Cube into what we know today, or at least the the beginnings of it, was called Ideal Toys. They partnered with Rubik to distribute the puzzle worldwide. Uh, They wanted to have a better name to trademark because the magic cube is really generic. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when they were just like, bro, your name's got to go on this because how many Rubik's do you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, in
1: Hungary or here? (laughs) I mean,
0: in worldwide, right? Like not a very common name. Um, so in 1980, that's when they picked Rubik's apostrophe S cube. But before that, uh, potential names were the Gordian knot. Oh, that's good or the Inca gold
1: that feels a little racist yeah <laughs> no, I was just about to say a little bit a little bit <clears throat> someone from Hungary shouldn't be calling something Inca and also gold I think we stole that we meaning white people
0: <laughs> uh, so the first major craze of the Rubik's cube was from 1980 to 1982. Oh wow, that's short. That's short. I do want to know one more thing about Rubik's cubes, and that part of my research involved all of the algorithms and strategies and the the various handbooks to tell you how to solve them. But I could not make heads or tails of them. Oh, I wish I
2: said my. So my little brother got into speed running Rubik's cubes a couple years ago. Really.
1: The, That's oh too my much. God, that guy. That's some I mean fucking... this
2: is he's he's a
0: fucking laser engineer like oh well. <laughs> so he is one of the 15 million worldwide Rubik's Cube sales. Oh absolutely.
2: Yeah, he's at least three or four of those. <laughs> Cuz he got the very, we were talking about the number of cubes you can get. Right. He, yeah, he went up to like 8 or 12 or some Jeez, shit nice. like And then he just got bored. He was like, "Yeah, this isn't It's not hard enough anymore, so he just gave up on it. Well, if he
0: wants, he can go to Tennessee and solve the world's largest Rubik's Cube.
1: Oh, which is? Uh, It's
0: a hundred faces. No, it's it's a regular Rubik's Cube, just giant.
2: Oh. Oh. So you can use the same principle. Same algorithm, you just have to be very, very
0: tall. Very tall. Yeah.
1: Tall and strong. Sure. Or have some kind of special tool. He, he is like uh, seven feet tall, so he oh might be a good candidate. Oh, wow. Ah, yeah, uh, wow. Just a Bill nightmare. Bill Bratzky. Yeah. To come Bill back Bratsky. to Saturday Night Live. God damn it. Did somebody say Bill Bratzky? Jesus Christ.
2: Nicole, what did you pick?
1: Dare I quote this movie when I say, you're a nerd who doesn't like math. Present. Um, I picked the history of math class.
0: Oh, wow. Yes.
1: <laughs> back all the way long ago black and white and sepia tone um so we go back to the beginning of this country um obviously everything is horrible and uh racist and smelly um but every single old-timey school in this country was just really focused on like literacy like we need to teach you to read. That's mm-hmm. the basis. The great That's works the were
2: the were the basis of...
1: Well, first it was literally just, we need to teach you to read. Mm-hmm. Um, because nobody knows when people start... Like, there's no there's no structure. You don't start school at a specific age. You basically just go to school when your parents want to send you to school. And you're not there if your parents don't want to send you there. So it was all just reading. We're going to teach you your ABCs. We're going to teach you literally how to sound out words. Ba- very, very basic stuff. Um And then if you were a little bit more elite and you went to school longer and or consistently uh, you were, yes, you were taught like we're going to actually like read books. And if they specifically thought that you were a college bound asshole, which is (laughs) I wrote college bound asshole because anybody who went to college in the 1700s is guaranteed to be an asshole. Um,
2: they were, I mean, it's the hipster thing of the time. Have you heard about these colleges? It's a, it's a new thing, <laughs> it's I realize. Thing.
1: Basically,
0: it's what the people who go to Harvard now sound like. Yes. Yeah. Did I mention that I've gone to Harvard?
1: I'm wearing a Harvard sweatshirt while you say that.
2: I, I was recently working at a building for like old people, and uh, there was a, an 80-year-old man still trying to curry favor on the fact that he went to Harvard. Sweet Jesus. I was like, bro. That was so fucking long ago.
0: The only Harvard grad that I will give any leeway to is Conan O'Brien. But he never brings it up.
1: I mean, that's that's probably part of That's why
0: it works, yeah.
1: I didn't know he went to Harvard. See? Because if you're successful, you don't need to bring up where you went to college. (laughs) Which is why I bring up Northwestern all the fucking (laughs) (laughs) time. Did you know? Purple and white. Um... But yes, if you were a college-bound asshole, you read the classics. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was all very focused on, like, you must learn your ancient Greek literature, you must learn your Shakespeare, because even back then, Shakespeare was considered, like, classical. Yep. And then good old Ben Franklin, our national treasure. (sighs) I say that in big old quotes. In the 18th century, he was, like, on this crusade for like better education and better academics, um, I'm sure that a lot of other people were involved. But the source material that I read was literally from 1996, oh. because when you Google search history of mathematics education, there are uh, history there are histories of mathematics, there are. Current mathematics statistics about like what's going on now in the United oh, States, sure. um, but there are only two essays and like articles about the actual history of math in the U.S. and this sort of education. Huh. One is from 2003, and is insanely long and is even more insanely, like, academically phrased and ridiculous. The other one is from 1996, which is the article we're referencing There today. we
0: go.
1: <laughs> um, and uh, so I'm sure there were other people than Ben Franklin involved, but because this article is from 1996, uh, they literally just quote Mr. Key on a kite chain.
2: I, I'm reminded of uh, 1776 when he talks about how It'll it'll only be Ben Franklin who smote the ground and rose uh, George Washington fully formed on his horse.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Fucking (sighs) shocking that he wasn't a president because we really don't idolize anybody else like this in the U.S., We got to memorize our presidents and I fucking hate it. So again, I'm sure there were other people involved in this movement, but Ben Franklin is credited as the person who said like, we need better academics. People need to come out into the world more learned. Um, And so they were like, okay, fine. We'll start teaching like basic arithmetic. We'll start teaching like basic mechanics, like how to work a fucking screwdriver or whatever. Um, so big problem The
2: Enlightenment. <laughs> the
1: Enlightenment, the more you know. That was actually that phrase dates back to the Enlightenment. That was their jingle and catchphrase. Probably. The more you know with a rainbow.
0: boom, boom. Um,
1: so the problem was that nobody knew enough math to teach math. <laughs> <laughs> um, because they were like, oh, wait, we want to teach arithmetic in schools, except we haven't been teaching arithmetic in schools, so no one knows math to teach math. So then enter this guy, um, where did I put his name? Uh, Warren Colburn and his... First lessons in arithmetic. And this is like, if you're watching like an Anne of Green Gables say, this is like the math book that they have.
2: The like green cover with like one.
1: Like gilt, yeah. gilded quote unquote letters that not actual gold, just like gold tablet font. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're like mathematics book. And this was very much a like, the system was like, we are literally just going to teach you like, basic memorization, one plus one equals two. And you just have to memorize. One plus one equals two. Sounds a lot like how we memorize like our times tables mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um and uh the only thing about this is that they didn't start teaching it until you were like twelve or thirteen. And by that time your brain is getting a little bit more solid and you're not like not very, taking in those you're, fundamentals. You're not taking in the, the the information as well as you should. Um And so then Warren Colburn comes in and says, like, okay, we should not just teach 1 plus 1 equals 2. We should actually teach what addition means. I have one thing and another thing, and I put those things together, and that's two things. And that is what they called, literally, back in the 1800s, new math.
0: Oh, no. (laughs) Yes. So they rebranded new math later?
1: Yeah, new math is twice.
0: Um, <laughs> new new math
1: new new math
0: wait so where is this taking place in the country right now is this all in Philadelphia is this all in this all really in the just east think coast think it's
1: in Philadelphia because Philadelphia is the first
0: capital
2: of this country yes yes so. that I, is where Ben Franklin was hanging out when he was exactly. in that's exactly where he was
1: hanging out where is Warren Colburn from we don't know my, it's a what, mystery one of my favorite my article exists. didn't say that
0: one of my favorite fun facts about Ben Franklin is that he was an infamous womanizer mm-hmm. yes and I'm just was. like History's greatest horn dog. Yeah,
1: and I'm like yeah. this guy. Oh yeah, he had like a the
2: he kite and key got him far. Ben Franklin could and did get it.
0: He did. <laughs> that, that that he did.
1: Warren Colburn. What's the see. what's the phrase? Yeah, you're uh, right, Massachusetts
0: so
1: i think this is is all probably on the east coast because also like that's where all like the colleges universities were so it just makes sense i mean we hadn't
2: invented the rest of the country yet so and if
1: by invented you mean stole yeah correct exactly yeah cool there were still people
2: living there doing their own thing that we hadn't fucked with
1: (laughs) i'm the world's greatest sleeper if you didn't know that's an arthur reference arthur the yard oh i don't know
0: a-a-r-d-v-r-k
1: a A R D V. Okay, that is
0: how I remember how to spell Ardvark. Uh,
1: so he's got this concept of like we can teach you like the actual operations as opposed and like why we're doing this as opposed to just memorizing your times tables as opposed to just memorizing one plus one equals two, and then um that's kind of fucking it for the rest of the eighteen hundreds. Sweet because Jesus! Because they, I know. Uh, summary of this story: Education in America is really depressing.
0: Uh, <laughs> I'm glad it got better as it went on. I mean, a little kind of. It um, did
1: because a lot of the things that we're talking about is literally like remember memorizing your times tables in second grade. That's it. That's it. You under you kind of understand why you're multiplying these things, but then you just memorize the times tables and. That's your understanding. Wow. That's your understanding of so, math.
0: So as a math person, do you understand the current iteration of new math? New math 2.0? The n- new 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 math? The new new math?
1: I hate it. Well, no. So there's so there's like technically what we all learned in school is new math. But then Really? The, yes.
2: Yes. Oh. Yeah. But now there's a new new math. A new 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 math. And it's Times like, three. And it's yeah.
1: like the... This like conceptual piece of bullshit where it's like, we're gonna, we're gonna tell kids stories about various things that are supposed to allow them to. It does make sense.
2: It just doesn't make sense to us because we didn't learn it that way. Like the, the new way that they're teaching math, common core math, I think is what they're actually calling it. Um, oh, good.
0: They they expanded their adjectives. Yeah,
2: yeah. It it really does work. Like it's it's really cunning if you give it the time. So
1: how do they how do they teach it?
2: So it's it's more about um, process than it is about um, like like we learned long division, right? Yeah, and correct. you when you do long division, you have to go okay, all right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna move this number over here, and I'm gonna move this number over here, and then I'm gonna like work my way down through it. They're packaging into Subsets. So they're doing their their tens, then their hundreds, then their like they're they're mathing it out by learning to logically look at the number in sets based upon okay, their interesting, yeah, based upon their like factors of of um, you know I ten mean, or twelve that, or sixteen or that's whatever. That's
1: pretty sophisticated. Actually. It's really like, smart,
2: like... and it they've the the way they've done it is that they've found, they figured out how to like package that for little kids. So that yeah. by the time they're learning arithmetic. Ain't no thing to like. Oh
0: yeah, that's
1: very that's that's
0: factors of sixteen. No problem. That's here we very go.
1: Very sophisticated thinking. Now,
0: now is this the way that China and Japan have been teaching math? Probably.
1: I, I don't know because
0: yeah. like I remember when I was younger, it was always like China and Japan are like surpassing our yeah, our yeah, test they, scores they, they and they're doing had the better. Best. They and always had the best scores. because they were learning things differently than we were. Yeah, and I'm wondering if this is the same method that we finally caught up to it's and now they're doing something different that it, makes them better.
2: Yeah, it certainly could be my understanding of the methodology in, in China and Japan. Granted, I mean, I was in Ohio, so it was probably pretty racist, whatever they were telling me. <laughs> um, but my Nobel understanding Asians was, great it math. was more on the, like um, the rote uh, drilling method. Okay.
1: Which I mean, honestly, that fucking shit dates back to 1726. Yeah, it produces like that, results
2: as long as you're not looking for consistent. That is that like, is
1: how we started teaching math in this country, and it seems like it's what we're still doing.
2: It's what we taught everything.
1: And uh, so, the uh, it was it was just it was sort of. The philosophy behind it was like we're not teaching math for any real purposes we're just teaching math because like it's a good way to discipline the mind mm-hmm. and it literally wasn't until fucking Sputnik in 1957 <laughs> when the wow. United States was like hmm. oh fuck
2: we gotta get these dum-dums to space
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> math might be good for the progression of fucking science. <laughs>
2: they were like, oh, man, we only found 12 people who can do math. So we're going to have to step this shit up. But
1: did they know that it was 12 people, or could we not count that high? I don't know. I don't well, the, know. The who did the calculation to figure it out? Yeah. And so then there's new new math, the yeah. one before the one we're talking about now, which was based on the fact that like these two people did a survey of the United States, and literally everybody was like... I don't use math in my life. It's literally just what I hand in cash. Or if they were really, really like on the upper ends of business, they sort of understood how how money worked. So if you understood how money worked, you kind of understood arithmetic. But they were like, this is a problem. Yeah, We should actually teach people like how things work like algebra like geometry we should maybe have something more advanced beyond arithmetic that was in 1957 and guess what flash fucking forward to 2023 and the only information available about the history of teaching mathematics in the united states is what we're doing now which sounds a lot like what we were doing in 1957 Mm -hmm. congratulations we live in america
2: I would be curious to know what the trajectory was like in in other places. Me too. I mean... Like, what was
1: Rubik's learning? Yeah, what 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 was was Hungary's
2: uh, situation like? I I will
1: also say that I also thought Rubik's cube was R-U-B-I-X... For a really long time. It, it is. I mean,
2: that's the brand. That's how it's branded. Oh, that's but the brand. Okay, his Rubik's. But is It a K, was okay. Rubik's uh, K with an apostrophe S, I think until like the 90s or something. Until they X.
0: sold it to a... Hasbro? Uh,
2: I think so.
1: Yeah. Uh, of course, Hasbro. Was,
2: when we
0: were kids, it was
2: K apostrophe S, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like, what sure. were they
1: learning? Why were all the Russian kids in my high school so fucking smart? Like, what the fuck were they learning? Because they were
2: sending shit to space, my friend. They
1: were sending shit to space before we were even like... Oh, maybe math is a good idea. <laughs> and I
0: mean, looking at the state of teaching and education in this country now, they don't gonna... even want to tell you about fucking anything. Uh, anything.
1: They don't want to tell you that racism ever existed in this country, uh... let alone still exists. I mean, they why certainly. Would they wa- <laughs> why would they want to give you the tools to go to space?
2: They certainly won't tell you that we beat the Russians to space by borrowing Nazis.
1: Uh. Mm.
0: The, the Browns didn't make it to Hill Valley. <laughs> Before oh, there then, they were the Von Braun's. Oh my God, there it is. <laughs> well, All right. It, I'm sir. not saying well, that court Doc court Brown was a Nazi. It. No. No. Doc well, Brown is a good person. his parents probably were. I mean, his uncle, maybe? Definitely. Yeah. Grandparents. De- for definitely. show, for show. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He is here by the grace of the United States government forgiving some Germans.
0: Yeah. Great Scott.
1: Me too. No, not actually.
0: Oh, you man. You can find us on the internet. <laughs> well, first, I do want to say that teachers uh, should get paid more. Yeah. Yes. They're, they're putting up with all this shit. All this shit that the Nicole stuff. just talked about, and then the modern day shit, and just teachers have to put up with so much. And they do not get appreciated for it. Pay them more.
1: I uh, and, and
0: support t- them. Like, g- not just pay them, but also, like,
2: put the shit in the classroom that they need. I know. The fact that they're buying their own goddamn tissues is criminal.
1: Ridiculous. So wild. I substitute taught high school theater for three months while a friend of mine was on maternity leave. and she Sounds was like, awful. Uh, it was great because it had an end date. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> okay. But there is that. The starting salary should be $100,000.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I was a fucking substitute. Oh. Like, the people who were like had to deal with like the unions, and I was a substitute arts teacher, so like we had a later quote unquote call time, is what I called it. <laughs> but we had a later call time than all the other teachers, all the other teachers had to be there at like fucking seven. Yeah, those motherfuckers
0: are up early. Jesus Christ, I there's, don't know how they do it. There's no reason to be up before 9 a.m. Respect I, your ever. fucking
1: teachers, respect your fucking teachers, man.
0: I mean, without yeah, maybe if they don't so. without great teachers, I wouldn't be where I am right now. Mm, same, you know, like uh, a few years ago, uh, I, I want to say last it's year, good. maybe the year before, um, the teacher who really influenced me to explore being a writer, he passed away. Aww. His oh name uh, was Ed Mooney.
1: And he that's was a good, name. good. name, yeah. great yeah. name
0: for an English teacher, right?
1: It's a great name for anything. Like, absolutely. That's a character name.
0: Superhero absolutely yeah. character name. He introduced me to things like the Dead Poet Society ah, and EE e. E. Cummings so and just <laughs> so much stuff. Nice. and it's I mean like sure, he still taught that Romeo and Juliet movie that is problematic now.
1: Oh, but only, like, it was, it's a good movie until you know that they filmed that scene.
0: Yes. But they,
1: but, (laughs) but he
0: didn't know about that back then. Oh,
1: the Romeo and Juliet movie, the Zeffirelli.
0: The one they show in uh, high school typically. They
1: they didn't, he didn't tell them they were going to be naked. He just was like, why don't, why don't you take off your clothes, et cetera? It would be so much more believable, et cetera. Um, And then, like, Olivia, what's her name, was like, I, Okay, fine. And He was like, "No, well, we won't show anything on camera." But then you see your boobies. And now, and now every high school, high school kid, kid has, has to seen get a its... her boobies. Yeah. And I think, and both of them actually have had recently have recently filed like a, I don't know if it was a lawsuit or something, but they've recently both of them have come out saying like this, this was, was not consensual yeah. and weird, um, which I I appreciate that it was both of them.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And and I like that they're in this together. Absolutely. So that's one one positive thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. About this. Oof. But also, the Met Gala was Carl Lagerfeld themed, and he said uh, he had enough of the Me Too, Too movement. Oh so. my
0: god. <sighs> uh, the important things to take away from this episode of Time to Party is that you should appreciate your teachers. They should pay get paid more, and uh, Rubik's cubes are fun. Yeah.
1: And math class. And math is good. I love math.
0: I'm so bad at math. I'm when when so they said that quote so in the movie, bad. I was just like, wow, called out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're
1: a nerd who's bad at math. Oh uh, yeah, I'm Same. so bad at
0: math. Same.
1: Are you serious?
0: Oh,
2: I'm I'm lucky I can do my books.
1: Um I,
0: I have a person
1: So I...
2: Me too.
0: And <laughs> I, guess... I, I can't do my bit. <laughs>
1: When I went into college, I had been accepted, like pre-accepted, into this honors math program at Northwestern without even applying.
0: It's not fair that you're hot and smart. What's Thank going you. on?
1: Thank you. Thank you. I also have frizzy hair, like the girl in this movie. I'm also breaking out like I am in fucking high school. So really on theme movie. Really on theme. Um, but no, I was accepted into this honors math program. And the I was like so excited because my other career path was... Uh, Astrophysicist, and um, I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna do like I'm gonna double major in math and theater, etc. This class was at 9 a.m. on the other side of campus my freshman year. Nope, I literally fucking dropped out before midterms. Oh, also, the professor had the thickest Russian accent I've ever heard in my fucking life and I'm from fucking Skokie so that is thick and so I couldn't understand him while he was teaching and so I had to like go home and just like spend so much time with my math textbook and I was like I don't I'm here for the physics man like I'm here for space yeah I don't I this this is this is too much I am not passionate enough about math To deal with all this bullshit and also be up at 9am on the other side of campus. I
0: barely took classes that were at 10am in the basement of the building where I lived.
1: That's impressive.
0: (laughs) 9am across campus was not
1: happening. My acting class started at fucking 8.30 and I'm stressed. Are you serious? I'm still salty about that. Most of my film classes
0: started in the afternoon. Because they know what they're doing. Or when it was dark (laughs) already.
1: No, we started that early because my my teacher is a an actor at remy bumpo and their rehearsals started at ah. like 1 so his classes had to be done like all the classes that he taught had to be done by like noon like
0: i remember one year one one quarter we had two film studies classes back to back That's so i lot, was man. in the movie theater for eight hours basically Jesus wow right. it was fucking nuts
1: um, the one good thing about having an acting class that early is that when we all got out, our, the theater building is next to the student union, and so we all went to the student union to get like some kind of breakfast, uh-huh. and we got out at the exact same time that Maury was starting, <laughs> so God. we all went to the theater <laughs> and watched Maury together. You are the father. You
0: are. Wow. R.I.P. Jerry Springer. Yeah. I know, yeah, R. P. it just happened.
1: Midwest icon, Jerry Springer.
0: Well, uh, party people, we hope you learned something this week on Time to Party. We certainly threw a lot at you. Maybe you want to go solve a Rubik's Cube. Maybe you want to solve basic algebra. Maybe you want to be mayor of Cincinnati. Maybe you want to do that too. No, you don't. (laughs) You might be doing a better job than the current one. Yes. It wouldn't be hard. Probably. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Probably. Uh, so while you figure out what you want to do with your life, um, <laughs> wow, oh <no. laughs> wow. I, I sound like uh, Mark's dad. I don't want to, I want to, I don't <laughs> want to do that. about our future. No, you don't, you don't, uh, take your time. Future is, uh,
2: you uh, know, way away. No matter what happens, your future will still be there for you.
0: Oh. Uh-huh.
1: Dude, the fucking mom's like last words about like your life and being like, you've, you've had everything and it cost you everything Mm. i'm gonna puke it's so sad and beautiful oh
0: my gosh map
1: of tiny small perfect beautiful small things (laughs) like cats
0: you can find us on the internet i'm at bsylveria20 on instagram twitter and hive
1: i'm at the fake geek girl on all the platforms
2: I am at indecisionist on Twitter and at the indecisionist on Instagram. You can join the
0: conversation by using the hashtag time2party. That's time the number two party and time the number two party all spelled out special thanks
2: to april Moralba for our podcast art and to marlon Longit of marlin and the shakes for our amazing theme song this has been an indecisionist production visit indecisionist.com slash time to party that's time the number two party for back episodes and transcripts of all of our episodes in season three
0: party people that does it for another episode of time to party we'll be back Eventually, with another movie
2: yep with another one of our great friends next week the bloopers episode gonna be real robust
0: (laughs) just a heads up on that you're welcome until then remember all the good stuff that we talked about Mm -hmm. remember math remember Rubik's Cube remember how important math is and teachers and teachers
2: oh yes pay your
1: teachers remember teachers
0: absolutely uh while you're remembering teachers I also want you to be excellent to each other (laughs)
1: Ding, <laughs>